0: Welcome to the Inside the Bradfield Centre podcast where we tell the stories of the companies, partners and staff that make the Bradfield Centre community so special. I'm James Parton, Managing Director of the Bradfield Centre and joining me today is Harriet Fear who is the CEO of Cambridge And. So Harriet, thanks so much for sparing some of your valuable time to come and talk to us today. Very much appreciated. Why don't we just start off with a, a little bit about your background and uh, some of the things you've been up to uh, over your career. I think we'd all be interested to learn more about that.
1: Oh, thank you James. I'm really really delighted to be to be talking with you today and uh, I know that you're a big supporter of lots of the things I do. So thank you for that and and really looking forward to uh, this going out to, to your listeners. So, yeah, so I was a diplomat for 21 years with the British Foreign Office, worked in, gosh, I think at the last count, about 17 different countries, mainly on uh, crisis issues. Um, so I, some, some I could go into and some I, some I won't, but uh, but half of my Foreign Office career was working in the commercial field. So supporting small and medium-sized companies um, to trade internationally and encouraging uh, quality foreign direct investment into the UK. And then in 2009, I left to run an international membership organisation called One Nucleus, which uh, during my eight years there, uh, we, well, I left because we won an award for being the best in the world. And I thought it's probably time to move on. And <laughs> <laughs> <I> loved that. <laughs> exactly. And, and absolutely loved that. And, and during that time, I'd been working in life sciences since about 2003. I ran the national life sciences trade team for, for the government, for UK trade and investment at the time. So that was the natural precursor to then moving on to run One Nucleus. And when I was at One Nucleus, I was asked by um, David Cameron, who was the then prime minister, if I would be one of his business ambassadors. Actually, I'm business ambassador for Number 10. So this was about promoting uh, UK life sciences and healthcare internationally when I was going about my, my day job. And then in 2017, I left to do all sorts of other interesting things, set up my own little consultancy. But for the last three years, I've been predominantly concentrating on and now work full time on um, a a newish organisation, which is very exciting, called Cambridge And.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you and I have had many conversations about Cambridge and um, but in a second, I'll ask you to explain exactly what that is. But let's just jump back and you know pick up on some of that experience. I mean, obviously, a really varied set of experiences there. Uh, and also, uh, you're an MBE, I believe. So tell us the story about the MBE. How did that come about?
1: Well, t- t- the story there, James, is you're not supposed to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, I, and, and I genuinely don't know. So when you see people on the television saying, oh, my goodness, it was a massive surprise it, it genuinely is because you you, know, you never know who's nominated you what i do know having nominated people myself is that because anyone can nominate anyone um which is which is lovely for this for this country and it means that lots of people uh, who might not normally um you know, be be recognized, you know, for their charitable work or whatever, you know, normal people can be can be recognized, which is which is really rather wonderful. Um you know, I, I, it was funny, I got uh, a brown envelope through the door in April 2016. And I thought it was, you know, someone telling me that, you know, maybe I'd not filled up my tax return quite right. <laughs> you know you always default to, to something like that when you get a brown envelope through with a with a government stamp on it and it was saying that you know the queen would be delighted if you would accept uh this mbe for services to healthcare and life sciences and i i couldn't have been more staggered to be honest And um, if i was asked uh specifically what why i thought i may be nominated i don't know by whom but i would imagine it could be because of the breadth and depth of fortune I'd had to deal with uh, and, and support life sciences and healthcare companies uh, from 2003 right through to that to that date in 2016, both in government and. And obviously, as, as chief executive of, of One Nucleus, and, and, and obviously the work I was doing—quite a lot of work—advising Number Ten. So I led international missions around the world, and that sort of thing. So, so uh, I guess somebody somewhere thought that that was uh, something to, to celebrate. And I, yeah, that's, I couldn't be more proud. It was wonderful.
0: Hmm, congratulations so i mean there's an obvious link to that rich kind of experience with cambridge and but why why don't we spend a little bit of time just talking about cambridge and exactly what it is you know how it came to be um why don't you tell us the kind of origin story of, of the history of it
1: yeah absolutely thank you so cambridge and we we present ourselves as the shop window for the knowledge intensive sectors of greater cambridge so cambridge city under 20 mile radius. So we present ourselves as um, the showcase of the knowledge intensive sectors in that region to the world in a joined up way with a view to attracting in quality foreign direct investment. That's, if you like, that's sort of the, the, the elevator pitch. But for years, James, to be honest, when I was at One Nucleus prior to that, you know, a number of membership organisations uh, and myself and others would talk about how Cambridge needed to really be joined up in how it presents itself to the world. And with the best will in the world you know we were all really really busy people and it's it never really got to the stage of having one organization that would be that vehicle and that was no 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 one's fault it was just you know we all had um, different kpis as uh, as membership organizations and and there wasn't any organization that, that was this one-shop window that that everybody felt comfortable getting behind anyway um, fast forward to 2017 and the uh, university uh, took an interest in this there were a number of, of global companies that were feeding back that uh, Cambridge really needed to be joined up. At, because you know, we've got this world-class science, we've got incredible entrepreneurship, we've got great funding models, we've got the ecosystem is is one of the most robust in the world, across our knowledge intensive sectors. But actually for big and smaller companies overseas that are seeking to, to penetrate that ecosystem. It was very well known, but it was only well known to the people that knew it. So, so, so um, uh, Professor Andy Neely at the university and uh, Mark Anstey from Cambridge Innovation Capital took it upon themselves to, you know, thank goodness, <laughs> to um, to interact with a whole range of senior stakeholders across what I describe as A, B, and C. So, academia, business, and the civic community in Greater Cambridge to ascertain, you know, how we could all across those three key areas, how we could all uh, work better together, you know, uh, rising tide floats or boats, how we could work better to not necessarily sell ourselves, but, Uh, present ourselves to the world in a more joined up way and so fast forward to beginning of 2020 and we'd got a working group together representing lots of different parts of the ecosystem and I did a a, a raft of work uh, identifying different stakeholders we did a load of brand articulation and the upshot was that uh, we came up with a really exciting narrative about the cambridge story one source of truth if you like which the great and the good of cambridge really liked and actually further afield the, the brand articulation that we did as the working groups went from from all levels from from lord willits who was when he was the science minister was a big um, uh, champion of cambridge through to tiny startups and everything in between and so we um, created this narrative the overarching narrative about cambridge and then drilled down into what I describe as a razor like focus for the website into three sectors. So, this is just, I say just, it's purely about the strengths and the expertise. And the world-class innovation that's in life sciences and healthcare as one sector, in advanced manufacturing as another, and in tech. So deep tech, is everything in between. So we're not seeking to be the equivalent, for example, of a London and Partners, which obviously has a tourism element to it. This is all about, it's about three things. It's about showcasing those sectors to the world in a joined-up way. And we've got you know, the biggest companies and, and smaller companies right behind us. So, our um, AstraZeneca, you know, right the way through to, to to smaller companies. So, so the first point is that it's this uh, showcase to the world. Um, but the second point is that it's really what I would describe as a as a concierge service. So, for those. Chief executives, budding entrepreneurs, brilliant companies around the world that are thinking, how on earth do I penetrate the Cambridge ecosystem? And they can come to Cambridge And. And I'm not suggesting that I and Cambridge And can do all of the heavy lifting, but we're the, we're the starting point. And then we draw in and work with all those really crucial membership organisations, commercial service providers, the universities, both, you know, Anglia Ruskin, as well as the University of Cambridge and others, to make sure that those organisations have the best possible joined up experience of what Cambridge is. Somebody once described uh, when I was doing the research Cambridge as the minstrel suite so um, hard on the outside but once you're in it's really <laughs> it's really soft um, and I think you know I'd seen it at one nucleus to be honest James a number of big companies that were saying you know actually we we're, we're, we're quite confused about what Cambridge is and so the problem was that the experience that a company would have would be dependent upon who they knew already. So that could be an amazing experience or a terrible one. Well, let's let's take the serendipity out of it and have that shop window. Um, so I mentioned two areas, the shop window and, and the concierge service. And then the third part of it, and all of these are equally important, is we have a, a very targeted um, programme of focus on what sort of companies we're working with and, and bringing into um, discussions with the wider ecosystem.
0: No, that's really interesting. And, and you know, I, I, I've got a whole bunch of questions off the back of that. I mean, I, but I also wanted to just say that prior to taking the Bradfield role, you know, I'd never worked in Cambridge before. So I'd kind of seen that from the outside as well. You know, in a prior role, say, for example, um, I was working at a company called Twilio, which works with a lot of technology startups. And it was always difficult to figure out how to penetrate. Cambridge because it felt like it was a bit of its own ecosystem. So that kind of lack of a front door, you know, I certainly experienced that in it personally, and, and and that was a lot of the kind of thinking that went into the, the philosophy of the Bradfield Center as well. You know, we wanted the Bradfield Center to feel like it was an open gateway. You know, for, that anyone could come and uh, enjoy spending time at, rather than it being a member only organization, or you know, where you had to have membership to to, to participate. So, it shines with a lot of our thinking. Um, and I also like the fact, you know, you you've managed to, you know, to herd the cats. You've managed to bring together.
1: <laughs> oh, I would never say that. <laughs> (laughs) You may say that, I couldn't possibly comment.
0: (laughs) But like bringing together both public and private sector of the university to actually get alignment, that's that's no small achievement. So uh, congratulations.
1: Thank you. It's funny you should say that because, um, yes, that, that ABC, academia, business and, and the civic community. And a lot of people say to me, oh, well, how, how come this is working now? Because it has been tried before. I mean, we as an ecosystem have known for a long time that this is needed, not particularly to be competitive with other parts of the UK, but, but to recognise internationally that we need to have our act together. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you should say about the herding cats because people have said, oh, well, why is it working now? And I think there are two key reasons. One is because... Um, the university is crucially involved, you know, um, Andy um, and his team were, were, you know, you could call them the convening power for it. And of course, if the university is interested, then that makes others take note. (laughs) And the second reason, which is, equally you know if possibly not more important is that we are not yet another membership organisation the, the working group was very clear right from the beginning that this isn't going to be yet another layer you know there are amazing membership organisations in cambridge doing really specialist work and there was no desire or need for cambridge and to abut any of those and so because we're not another membership organisation our model is not that it means that we can wrap around the ecosystem and so I mean, I can talk about some examples of some of the things I'm working on, but if you take a big inward investment opportunity that might come to, to Cambridge and it's come to me, um, I could never be an expert in, in everything and would never <laughs> claim to be. Um, but, but the point now is that, you know, the likes of One Nucleus, Cambridge Wireless, Cambridge Network, Cambridge Ahead, Cambridge Clean Tech, and you know, all these really amazing organisations are right behind that shop window so a lot of narrative for the website just as a very basic point was written by those experts that sit in those organizations and when I'm putting together visit programs or whether I'm putting together a proposition for a company I draw on all those experts Cambridge University Health Partners um, you know the university all sorts of different parts of the ecosystem to make sure that we're pulling it apart and putting it back together for the best possible experience for that potential customer of Cambridge
0: yeah, whereas I guess prior to Cambridge and it would have been a little bit random in terms of the engagement point into the cluster. You know, they might have gone into a membership organisation and started there or relied on, say, a personal introduction. That's the gap that you guys are filling, right, is a consistent uh, level of of experience for anyone looking to work with Cambridge as a whole.
1: Yeah, absolutely. and And really importantly, the data that we're using because the university is very involved in this, I can't for a second use data that's a bit dodgy or make any claims. <laughs> you know, I can't make any claims that aren't true and accurate and easily traceable. So, so I use the University Centre for Business Research for all of the data that I produce about Cambridge. And I work closely with Cambridge Innovation Capital on the, the business data that they've got, the likes of Bowhurst and, and others, as you would expect. So, so, So when I've Put together, um, I'm just putting together at the moment a a big proposition um, around the strengths of Cambridge in dementia. All of the data that I've, I've used for that is 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 fully traceable, I say, and all accurate and and true. And the way that I'm finding that it's working is if there are a number of people from Cambridge that will be speaking at a particular event, or if I've arranged the event and you know, obviously I've got all of the right people and the right experts in the room. We all use that data. So what you find is that you know, nobody is sitting there as the customer or as the client thinking. Well, hang on a sec. I, th- I thought there were nine unicorns. You're saying there are 22, and somebody else is saying there are 14. This is this is really joined up. This is everyone getting behind the Cambridge and data. We had a really lovely example of it in November last year when when CIC hosted a group of 30 um, corporate venture leads from big companies came into Cambridge. We had George Freeman in the front row, which was lovely known George for years and um, at the end of the the meeting the feedback uh was that you know how how joined up Cambridge was and it was fantastic to see so you know I was I presented the slide deck on you know our ecosystem and how it builds and what it looks like to these thirty corporate venture people and you know they're from BP they're from coca-cola they're from the the big companies and 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 they were just uh you know blown away by how joined up we are and this isn't credit to cambridge and this is you know the ecosystem actually telling its truth
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and you can get that slide down from your website i believe is that right
1: yes yes it's on the, uh, the the website um we intentionally have very little mention of cambridge and because it's not about us actually it's about what are the strengths that was you know that was the full passion right from the beginning for anyone involved in in cambridge and and so there is a tab about cambridge and on the on the homepage of the website, but the the premise of the website is to showcase those three sectors. And I've got, you know, brilliant champions and all sorts of um, vignette case studies and and halo case studies. Apparently, that's the word for the likes of AstraZeneca and Marshall and ARM and Cambridge Medical Robotics. But yeah, on the uh, on the Cambridge and tab, there is there is a, a slide deck which is which is completely up to date and anybody can draw on it.
0: Return to the office with confidence. At the Bradfield Centre, we offer a range of flexible membership packages which put you in control of your office and home working mix. We have a range of high quality meeting and collaboration spaces for hire. And for event organisers, our auditorium, Lakeside Pavilion and atrium spaces are all back to full capacity and dates are filling up fast. If you are looking to run an event, get in touch to discuss requirements including live video recording and live video streaming options visit BradfieldCentre.com for more information or call 919 600. you You've started to touch on some of this, uh, the answers to this question, but you know what, what's the kind of range of services that Cambridge Amp provides then to uh, people looking to engage with Cambridge?
1: Yeah, so it's all about that, it's all about that handholding. And I suppose the first thing to say is that one of the benefits of Cambridge and for the ecosystem, and I and I saw this when I was at One Nucleus a lot, and I know the chief execs of all the membership organizations would, would likely say similar, is that you know we suffered a lot from mission fatigue and companies, <laughs> sort of random companies um, and individuals and delegations coming into Cambridge. Um now, on one hand, that's an amazing thing. You know, Cambridge is a magnet for interest and for companies that want to come here. But there was no way, there was no mechanism for anyone to to look at the, the inquiries that Cambridge was getting and say, actually, that's that's going to be an investment that could really benefit Cambridge and its society. Or that's actually just a lot of noise and none of us want to do it because we were all very polite and we all wanted to serve everyone. So, so so, back in the day, and I'm not suggesting Cambridge and, um, has completely solved this because all sorts of organisations will get in, independent approaches to, to host visits from potential international investors. But the idea is that People can pass this to Cambridge and, and, and I, we can take a look at it and say, you know, really do the uh, analytics on whether it's frankly, you know, the right thing to be spending time encouraging X or Y company to come into this region. You know, are they sustainable? Have they got a really good ESG policy? Are they here for the long term? So, so it's a really targeted and focused way of looking at, at foreign direct investment, rather than all of the different membership organisations. Everyone feeling we have to serve everybody. So just moving on to what we actually do, it can be really light touch. Um, I'm talking at the moment with a, a security company about their interests in their data tools and the the, the offer that they have being of use to, to, to big companies around the world. Now, that's not necessarily something that's at the heart of Cambridge Anne's work, because our role is to handhold potential investors to physically set up here. But I can see that companies having a really, really b- robust way of being able to ascertain any, any issues with their security is going to be a really good thing for Cambridge. So so really light touch, what I would do there, what I did there was just introduce them to Cambridge Wireless and to OneNucleus, because they are the ones that then have the relationships with the companies that might benefit from that. So that's just a really light touch example. But What we are absolutely here for, as I say, is the handholding of of potential high quality investors. So there are a couple of examples I can can mention. Um, Towards the end of last year, just to keep it current, there's a Canadian listed pharmaceutical company that's currently based in South America. And the chief executive is very keen for their global HQ to be based in Europe. I, I can't name the company yet, but he did a, a beauty parade of various places in Europe, and in the UK, came to Oxford, Cambridge, and London. And delighted to say that after his visit to Cambridge, he decided uh, ran it by his board, and 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 they are going to be coming to Cambridge and setting up a small operation, which will build, and he could probably bring in two other companies that he's uh, he's got as well that will that will set up here. It's it's really exciting. So it was as a direct result of that joined up approach that uh you know, he had his head turned, I would say. <laughs> so he'd he'd been to London and, and I'm not and I'm not comparing competitively here, but he'd been to in the UK, he'd been to London and Oxford already and Cambridge was his last stop on his visit just before Christmas. So I thought, well, we'll see how this goes. So I gave him the presentation. I'd arranged for him to visit um, Cambridge Science Park, Grantor Park, and to take a look at the Cambridge Biomedical Campus and to spend time with the Milner Institute and with Cambridge University Health Partners and with the university. And at the end of our hour and a half together, it was really funny, actually, because he he also met with Jason Mellard from the amazing Jason Mellard from Start Codon, um, and and Jason joined the end of the uh, my meeting with him because I was, you know I, I had nothing that was that was private, and it was really funny because the three of us were sitting there, and uh, the CEO said, oh you know, um, I really really wanted to concentrate on the Golden Triangle, and I've just been blown away with what I've heard about you know the ecosystem. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, you know, the Golden Triangle is, is is incredible. I said, you know, if you look at it, you know, it's 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 right up there with, you know, Massachusetts and West Coast. And he said, oh no, no, Harry. He said, you you misunderstand me. He said, what I'm blown away with and what's so compelling is the Cambridge offer. I was like, oh, well, then, <laughs> fantastic, you know, amazing. And Jason just sort of smiled that amazing smile he's got. And as if to say, wow, you know, this, this, this is now working. This is now working in a tangible way. Um, another huge, uh, the, the, the one I've just described is, is, is relatively small start, but, but big, big plans to grow. But uh, back in September, I was working on a, a, a large quantum investment worth 500 million. Potentially to whichever city or cluster in the UK gets it. Again, I can't I can't mention the name of the company yet, but um, but I can confide confide in a podcast. But uh, you know, I led the, the Cambridge pitch to the company's one of the co-founders and one of his colleagues. And at the end of that meeting, he confessed that he'd been a PhD in Cambridge and thought it was all really confusing and messy, and that his opinion was completely transformed by what he'd heard. So, you know, it feels like we're getting somewhere.
0: <laughs> Excellent. OK, well, that's really good. So, so I mean, I guess when we kind of look ahead, um, you know, it's still a relatively young organisation, uh, even though it's been, you know, talked about and planned about for quite some time. So, what does the ambition of cambridge and look like and you know what, what what does good look like in terms of the way you you know the kind of targets that you might be working towards or the kind of milestones that you you have to achieve to, to show the kind of impact that you guys are having
1: yeah absolutely so i talked about that target program of how to see the whites of the eyes of you know high quality long-term potential inward investors so so, so good for us um to, we're really clear on this is a physical presence by the right sort of companies against the backdrop of what I've already described in terms of what good looks like in terms of an inward investing in you know, a long-term sustainable fitting into to, to our areas of excellence whether that's gene and cell therapy or genomics or quantum or AI or whatever it might be so, but it's physical presence a physical you know so job creation wealth creation for, for Cambridge and actually for, for, for much further across the Cambridgeshire area and now, ultimately, the UK, because as, as, as you probably know, um, James, Cambridge gives back a billion pounds net per annum to the UK economy. So, the, the more that Cambridge can be targeted and focused and high quality, and have the right sort of international investment in it, the, the more the UK will will benefit. So, it's about it is about ultimately about physical presence. That said. I'm very conscious. I spent some time with AstraZeneca when um, Pascal Sorio, the chief exec was considering Cambridge as a location because I was close to Medimune and um, when I was at One Nucleus and you know I'm very very conscious that it's highly unlikely that um, that Cambridge and or anyone will would have the influence over a, a huge company like that to relocate you know a, an American pharmaceutical company to relocate its global headquarters to Cambridge is, is highly unlikely. <laughs> so we we're we're, we're, um, we're realistic about what is appropriate but the idea is you know for for R&D centres or manufacturing centres or um, wherever Cambridge can add value to the company and the company can add value to Cambridge in having their R&D their business development in our ecosystem for the the greater good Um, so that's that's what success looks like in terms of how we go about it I have a a long list. It's it's a list of under a hundred companies, but it's still quite a long list of of global companies that Cambridge and is seeking to uh, engage with, and, and I've prioritized that to to ten. And I'm working with what I describe as the, the great and the good in the ecosystem to uh, work out what the the compelling difference is, what the compelling advantages of Cambridge for those companies. So ten global companies is that was that was our starting point. So that's one area. The second area in terms of who we target is something that came out, actually we, we incorporated just before the pandemic, <laughs> a month before the pandemic. So my VIP red carpet service had to become a digital VIP red carpet service quite quickly. But one of the things that came up during 2020, particularly when people who were fresh to Cambridge and, and people who were fresh to the website, they said, actually, what would be really interesting is because that global target list is going to be on the target list of Boston, of Milan, of Sydney, of Singapore. You know, it's, it's none of those would be a surprise to any of your listeners who those types of companies might be. But actually, what what you know, brilliant entrepreneurs and others in the ecosystem were saying to me was, Harriet, what would be really, really, really exciting would be to look at who the unicorns of the future are. Now, a crystal ball would be great, <laughs> but actually to do some primary and secondary research on the unicorns of the future. So companies around the world that are working in the space that Cambridge is brilliant at, and they might not know about Cambridge, or they might have a perception of it, which is which is not the truth. We might not be on their radar, they might not be on ours. And so over the last months, I've been working with PhD and postdocs and others on specific campaigns. So the first was in genomics because let, you know, let's look at the areas that Cambridge is best at. Um, let's not try and sell something that we might be you know, pretty good at, but not not amazing. So genomics was an obvious starting point. So I now have an amazing um, report uh, work, working with others. I I, I didn't write it. I, I worked with people on it. Amazing report of 20 incredible unicorns of the future around the world Prioritised to three or four, and I'm reaching out to those organisations, working with organisations like the Wellcome Genome Campus and the Sanger. Again, none, none of this is in splendid Harriet isolation. Just, I'm not going to have credibility, and Cambridge and won't have credibility. Rocking up to talk to, you know, any organisation um, independently. We have to make sure that we're working with, collaborating with, them, and bringing in the best experts that are already in Cambridge and have relate. Some of them have relationships with some of these companies. So, so the, the very focused targeting work that we're doing we've been doing on genomics i'm working currently with the masters in biotech and engineering program at the university i've got a team of four brilliant young people who are working on exactly the same model in gene and cell therapy a long list of you know 30 to 50 companies around the world that aren't on our radar drilling that down to 10 to 15 who are then put you know groups around and we'll we'll work out how best to approach them having already worked out against a set of criteria that they could benefit from knowing a great deal about Cambridge and potentially being here. So that's the second area. And then the third area is I'm really delighted to be working with the the new mayoral growth service, GrowthWorks, which I know you're familiar.
0: Yeah, they're actually in our building now as well
1: fantastic so yes I'm working with Rebecca and Rosa in the inward investment team they have a responsibility that's a lot wider obviously than Cambridge and they, they have a responsibility for inward investment across the whole of Cambridgeshire but when it comes to Cambridge uh, we work uh, really closely and we have a, a you know synergistic relationship where um, we, we share and they often ask me to that, that herding of the cats and getting the story right and then presenting that to, to to potential inward investors so so those are the three main ways that we are currently seeking to identify you know the the best possible inward investment for all i'm very conscious that you know many who who might be listening will be thinking well you know cambridge is doing brilliantly already but actually we need to be very very savvy about appreciating that there are other cities around the world that that are really really compelling in their marketing and often a number of companies particularly Countries like Singapore give all sorts of financial incentives to inward investors that you know potentially the UK can't for all sorts of reasons. So so we've got to be really really smart and make sure that the the growth that's coming in is good growth. You know, so it means it's going to be economic advantage. For the whole of the region i'm very mindful in my role as the chair of cambridge ahead which is another thing i do cambridge and is my full-time job but but i'm also chair proud to be chair of cambridge ahead and we're very aware that good growth for the region is really important because if there's there's good sustainable growth with conscience then that will benefit parts of society and we're very aware that cambridge constantly gets uh, gets the the worst rating for being the most disparate city in the country between the haves and the have-nots so we want to make sure as Cambridge and that we're encouraging in and handholding those companies that have a really long term innovation commitment to to the region uh, with a view to putting wealth back into the area in job creation for all.
0: I think it's just uh, you know, such a positive step for the region, uh that, you know, Cambridge End is now there and you're doing this work. It's it's such a, a huge leap forward. Yeah, it's exciting to be working with you. Yeah, looking forward to how things develop, you know, moving forward. Where can people find out more about what's going on?
1: Yes, yeah, so when we were doing the brand articulation, I, I hadn't led on anything that major before and I had no idea how polarized opinion can be about names. <laughs> And so we had a very large debate about whether it should be Cambridge and as the plus sign or Cambridge and as the ampersand. And so we went with the ampersand. And the idea there is that, you know, it's Cambridge and everyone, or it could be Cambridge and Singapore, or it could be Cambridge and technology, or it could be Cambridge and quantum or Cambridge and genomics or Cambridge and you, whatever. Um, but the problem with, with that, having a name Cambridge and ampersand, is that um, you can't put that into a website name <laughs> so or, or a LinkedIn name. So we are www.cambridgeand.com
0: Perfect, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. It's been an absolute pleasure, really enjoyed uh, chatting to you, uh, and thanks again for coming onto the show. So, thank you again to Harriet for coming onto the show, very much appreciated. Today's show was produced by Carl Homer of Cambridge TV. Inside the Braffle Centre is available on all the major podcast platforms and bradfieldcenter.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review as it will really help other people discover the show.